to another brand new edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. New episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on both the YouTube and on the Podbean page as well, too. You can find the YouTube by going to youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that is youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. As for the Podbean, go to Podbean and search T Watches a Scary Movie. And of course, while we are getting towards the end of October and the end of our Scary Movie Season Marathon, we still got time for a few more watch parties. We got an all-day one going tomorrow, Thursday the 21st. And then we have another all-day party going next Thursday. Because remember, after tomorrow, we are taking a bit of a break. I am going on a much-deserved and much-needed vacation. So we are not going to do any watch parties Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. That's right. For basically the next week, we are done. We are kaput. We are taking a break. So... Tomorrow's your last day for about a week to watch some movies with us. And we got some great ones. Uh, we do have our workplace horror, which includes Mayhem, The Belko Experiment, uh, Severance, and Cabin in the Woods. But I added some other great gems to tomorrow's watch party as well, too. So make sure you're tuning in to check out what we have in store for you. And then, of course, a week from Thursday, we have our last all-day watch party. We're going to get another nine knocked out, including Pumpkinhead. And, uh, and uh, the new Nicolas Cage film, which the name actually escapes me for this uh, at this moment, which is crazy because I've been working with so many damn movies these last uh, these last few months. I believe it's Prisoners of the Ghost Land. I want to say there, I'm not sure, but I think it's Prisoners of the Ghost Land. We got some other fun stuff: Dracula Dead and Loving It, Aliens, Cursed, Thirteen Ghosts. Got a lot of great stuff there. And then, of course, on Halloween itself, we are just doing four, Scream 3, Scream 4, Urban Legend, and The Faculty. Yeah, four classics there. We're going to knock those out on Halloween itself. We're doing good, y'all. Uh, today, today, we have knocked out a number already. We've made a few ones up that we had to get up there. We just finished 173 with M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. We're currently on 174, which is Wolfen'. And then we get started with all of our witchy movies tonight, including Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, The Craft, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, and of course, The Witch. So it's been a great, great spooky, scary season. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't ready to get back to watching these normally, though. This has been an ordeal. Y'all, we've been going crazy since September 1st, knocking all these movies out back to back to back to back. Uh, last year, we hit 152. We passed that this year. I set the goal of 175. We're about to pass that today. Now the new goal is 200. Now there's no way I can make 200 work with all of you. We got to kind of fit a few extra in there. I'm going to hit 200 though. I'm going to do an extra couple tonight most likely. I'm going to do one tomorrow as well too. And then I'll try to fit a couple more in on Halloween weekend. So we'll see. We're going to hit 200 though, y'all. This has been my apocalypse now my heart of darkness i've been trekking so fucking hard in this damn hawaiian shirt white shirt and american eagle speedos that i have on there yes that's right peter drago tyman i have been wearing the doug outfit for the last 
month, and I'm so tired, man. Uh, I love horror, y'all. This has been great. I've taken so much joy in showing y'all so many films that some of you have never seen. And a lot that I've never seen as well, too. We've watched a lot of new ones together over the last month and a half at this point here. But we're getting to the end. And remember, next month, once November 1st hits, we're done with the everyday watch parties. That is out the door. We are finished with that. We are back to our normal schedule, which is going to be Wednesday nights. We're going to do two movies. Remember, there's always going to be one themed with what we're talking about in the episode. The other one will just be something fun to go with it. And then our weekly TV watch parties as well, too. Those are coming back. We got Dexter. We got The Haunting of Hill House. We got Creep Show. We got From Dust Till Dawn. We got Swamp Thing. We got Chucky. We got Day of the Dead. I got I Know What You Did Last Summer. We have so much stuff to work through. Marianne. Yeah, there's so much stuff that we are going through on our TV watch parties, y'all. I'm honestly excited to get back to it. And the next couple months are a cakewalk because it's all holiday shit. We get back to the Thanksgiving, which means Thanksgiving is on the way. It's time, y'all. Thanksgiving is coming up, and we got Thanksgiving on the horizon. And then Christmas. And you know we got some great holiday horror coming up, including the naughty cut, the naughty edition, the rated R version of Crumpus is coming out first week of December. We are absolutely going to watch Crumpus. We're going to have so much fun with that, amongst with a lot of other ones there, too. Uh, you know, we'll get in Santa Sleigh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Black Christmas. We're going to get them all in, y'all. It's going to be so much fun. But that is coming up. That's what we got in store for you. So this week, let's talk Chucky. All right, we got Chucky, then we're going to talk some Halloween kills. So, if you caught episode two of Chucky, where we had just left off is that uh, Jake, played by Zachary Arthur, is now living with his uncle. Chucky, having recently murdered his father, played by Devin Sawa, uh, he electrocuted him uh, in a great, great scene there. So he went down to check like the circuit breakers and Chucky doing his best impression of one of those dolls that can pee and spit up and all that kind of shit there. Uh, managed to basically regurgitate all over Jake's dad and Jake's dad was electrocuted, electrocuted to death there. So Jake goes to live with his cousin Junior and his aunt and his uncle. And basically now the question is, what is Chucky going to do? Chucky's already kind of established that while we know he's manipulating Jake right now, because Chucky never has anybody's best interest except for his own at heart, he's at least doing somewhat right by Jake. By basically saying all these things, all of Jake's tormentors and bullies, that Jake would probably never say himself, at least up to this moment. And we see where Jake is struggling with all of this as well, too. Jake doesn't want to kill anybody. Jake doesn't want to hurt anybody. And that doesn't really jive well with Chucky, who also had an awesome kill of uh, Junior's housekeeper, uh, Junior's housekeeper with the dishwasher. I even told my wife, this is why we don't put knives up in the dishwasher, because like if somebody slips, you're fucking toast at that point. Uh, but Chucky caught her and then basically went on to tell Jake that he didn't murder her, which I get it. I was waiting, waiting for Chucky to say, she slipped, you know, don't put the knives in upside down. But he didn't do that. So fucking love it. Um, and that's kind of been the best thing so far about these two episodes of this show. The show is phenomenal. But I think we can all agree we didn't know how much Chucky we were actually going to get, how much we were going to get to enjoy. Because that's been the thing about this series is that up until like Bride of Chucky, Chucky wasn't really the main character. It was always about Andy Barclay and the cast of characters around Andy, which makes sense. 
It's practical effects a lot of the time there, up at least till the most recent entries. Um, and so there's only so much you could really do with a talking doll. But we've gotten a lot of Chucky just having conversations. And that's one of the most accessible things about this show is that we get to enjoy that Chucky gets to have normal, <laughs> normal conversations with the cast of characters around him. Um, his conversations with Jake throughout the episode, absolutely fantastic. Uh, because we know, we know from what we understand about Chucky and about his past there, that this cannot work out at all well for, uh, for Jake. These conversations will never go good in the least bit. Now, keep in mind as well though, Chucky also had a conversation with uh, Jake's nemesis, Lexi. Lexi's little sister has taken a liking to Chucky, as we saw in this episode. And we got a very, very just interesting scene of Lexi's younger sister and Chucky playing video games together. And Chucky talking about how, you know, killing just starts in the family. It was a phenomenal scene, and it kind of furthers the point that, you know, kids aren't freaked out about a lot these days. The talking doll is really just not going to do it. But it further show just the divide Jake has of everybody else as Junior's housekeeper dies. Uh, the cops, which I didn't realize in episode one, but Devin, who is Jake's crush, his mom is the lead detective investigating this case that's going on right now with Jake's dad and now Junior's housekeeper. She's investigating all this is going on and you can kind of sense that she can tell that Jake has a thing uh, for Devin and that Devin might feel the same way about Jake, which is so fucking good. Y'all, let's talk about that really, really quickly here. The fact that as murderous and as monstrous as Chucky is, Chucky really seems the ride or die of the LGBT community. Like, he's an equal opportunity murderer, first of all. Doesn't, like, doesn't go into any of the tropes or anything like that. He's gonna kill you if he's gonna kill you. That's the end of the story. Not targeting you necessarily, but he might just want you dead. But we got our first... Our, like not our first because Andy came back obviously in episode one had to talk with Jake over the phone but we got a big connection here because everybody was wondering exactly how much in canon is this Chucky TV show compared to the franchise of films that we have again all the way from Child's Play up to uh, the Cult of Chucky where exactly is this going to be out in the canon does it take everything in and Chucky directly acknowledges his kid Glenn and Glinda he recognizes his kid, and that was so cool. And I love the fact that as horror fans who are looking for any bit of juice that we can get, we get to be excited and amped to know that Glenn and Glinda got a shout-out in this week's episode, which, crossing our fingers, if we can get Billy Boyd back to do an episode, whether it's this season or next season, have Glenn or Glinda show up, because we know, obviously, Tiffany Valentine is in the show. We know Nika Pierce is in the show. Andy Barclay is in the show. Kyle is in the show. We are hoping for Detective Norris, and we're hoping for Karen Barclay to show up in this show as well, too. But Glenn and Glinda, that's one that I don't think a lot of people were legitimately considering, which they should have, because Glenn and Glinda play a big role to Chucky. Now, granted, we have not seen Glenn or Glinda in at least two entries, as they did not make an appearance in Curse of Chucky, nor did they make an appearance in Cult of Chucky. There was also no rep, like there was no like referring to them at all either. So we don't know exactly what's happened to Glenn or Glinda since then. Because remember, at the end of Seed of Chucky, Glenn and Glinda were clearly passed on into the soul, into the body of Jennifer Tilly's kids. I say Jennifer Tilly because Jennifer Tilly was actually in uh, God, the Seed of Chucky as herself. So we know that Jennifer Tilly's redhead children 
are definitely inhabited by the spirits of Glenn and Glinda, but we haven't seen anything since then. And by now, those kids would definitely be older, even at this point, than Jake and Devin and the rest of them would be. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go in this series. So great call out with that. We also got some great interesting scenes with uh, uh, Chucky trying to kill Lexi. Because Lexi, uh, Lexi and Junior are talking, and it's very clear that Junior might be regressing a bit from the bully status that he got in episode one. Clearly, he feels conflicted about the way Lexi is making fun of his uncle's death, Jake's dad. And also, um, he, he clearly, like, there's something between him and Jake to where it seems like they're trying to be more friendly to each other. But he even told Jake, you know, you're trying too hard right now. Stop fucking trying so hard. So I'm interested to see where this ends up going with Jake and Junior. Because it's very clear, at least in my opinion, that Jake and Junior are eventually going to have to join forces against the bigger enemy out there, which is Chucky, of course. So very interested to see where this is going to end up leaving us. Because we didn't get really any resolutions from this. Um, uh, uh, Lexi, obviously made a big, big deal against Jake and made her Halloween costume, Jake's dad being electrocuted, very much in poor taste. And it's hard not to listen to what Chucky's saying about some people deserve to die. And he's creeping his way into Jake's just crevices there, like making sense. Like, hey, like, I know I'm a murderer, but kind of makes sense now. So we'll see where this is going with this. Right now, predictions I still have for this season is that, um, and it was brought up in the chat. We've been watching movies, obviously, and everything. And both Eric, uh, Eric brought this up there. Stasha mentioned it. I think Jin kind of talked about it as well, too. I don't think Jake is long for this world. I'm just going to be real about that. Um, because, honestly, we don't know where Don Mancini's going with this. Only a few people know where it's happening. This show is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Their viewership looks to be very good. So I think we're legitimately just a week or two away from hearing a season two uh, renewal, which would be awesome. But I don't know, because Don can also decide to go back in the movies with this as well, too. That, this show is so fucking accessible to where if we got multiple seasons... I know some people would be upset, but he's telling the story that he wants to tell. You know, everybody jokes about Chucky in space, but understand, if Chucky ends up in space, it's because Dawn wanted him to go into space, which means it's exactly where the character should be going. So there's a lot going for this series and where it can open up in. Um, we still don't have the bigger picture at play here because right now we're still getting flashbacks as Chucky as a kid, of course. But it's still very much involved in Jake and his family's story. So I'm very interested to see where this is all going to end up working out over the course of this season. Remember, Andy has shown up in voice form right now. But we haven't seen Andy physically. We haven't seen Kyle. We have not seen uh, Tiffany as Jennifer yet. We haven't seen none of those characters pop back up just yet. So we know that's coming from, again, the previews to the upcoming episodes we have and everything. But we're just going to wait and see where Chucky is actually headed at this point. Now, I talk about Chucky. Uh, next week, we will not be doing uh, doing a recap right away of it. Uh, next week's episode will actually be on Thursday. Again, I'm on vacation, so I can't get an episode up for y'all on Wednesday. As well, I typically cover Killer Camp on Mondays. Killer Camp is on break right now after our first two episodes. Makes sense. Only an eight-episode season, so they got to space it out. So we'll get back to Killer Camp as well, too, so there will only be one episode next week folks so that's chucky i'm excited to get back to talking to y'all about that i uh, will probably also talk about day of the dead as well episode two is going to hit this week we're going to pick that up as well okay so 
We're now into talking about Halloween Kills. Now, if you recall, Halloween 2018, which was made and released as a sequel directly to the original Halloween film. So, we got rid of everything. That includes Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, and Halloween Resurrection, where it was made very clear that Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and Michael Myers are related. They are brother and sister. So that canon was thrown out. Then you have the canon of Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween 4, 5, and 6, which again establishes that Michael and Laurie are brother and sister, but then it also kills off Laurie Strode in a car accident and introduces her daughter, um, uh, her daughter Jamie Lloyd, who also is eventually killed by Michael as well too. That is the Curse of Thorn saga as well. That is not canon as well. And then we also have our current current timeline, which is Halloween, the original, Halloween 2018, and now Halloween Kills. So remember again, Michael and Laurie are not related in this timeline that we're moving forward with. In Halloween 2018, we left off, it had been years, you know, 40 years since Laurie and Michael had faced off. You know, Michael and Laurie are not related at all there. There was a rumor about that, but that's not the case. Michael Myers basically showed up in, Had and in Haddonfield after murdering his sister and went on another murder spree. Now, Laurie, her daughter, Karen, and then uh, uh, and then their granddaughter, all, or Laurie's granddaughter, Karen's daughter, all managed to basically escape Michael Myers, okay? So they had a run-in with him, but they all ended up being able to uh, ultimately escape from Michael Myers and uh, kind of make their way over to a hospital, okay? If you recall, at the end of um, Halloween, what ended up happening was that Allison, Karen, and Lori had locked Michael Myers in the basement of Lori's trap house. <laughs> it was trap house, that's what they said. In their trap house, and it took me to burn Michael alive, and that's kind of where we ended, this, uh, ended the movie. But, uh, as we saw there in the trailers, a firefighter show up to immediately like put the flames out there, and Michael has this badass scene to where he basically runs through the firefighters, gets out of the house, and is back on his spree again. Not much of a spoiler, it's in the trailer. Now, here's the thing. Horror movies as a whole have given us this idea that a lot of our characters are infallible, they can't be hurt, they can't be damaged, they get stabbed, they get, you know, whatever. They're gonna walk it off, they're gonna be okay for a full movie. Now we know in real life, a lot of these injuries, that's not the way that shit works at all. There, You catch an injury like that, you're fucking done for a while. And a lot of people, we're going into spoiler ter ter uh, territory here, we're not going to go fully into it, but a lot of people are going to be off-put by the fact that Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, while she's in this movie, is not the lead character. She's not the lead character there. Um, if anything, uh, because she was the lead in 2018's Halloween. Let's just face it, you know, everyone wants to say it was Allison. Allison was still not the lead. It was still a Laurie Strode. Allison definitely takes more of a center, uh, central role in Halloween Kills. But if anything, uh, the the whole lead role is kind of passed on to the residents of Haddonfield, where Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie is actually more of a background player in this because she's not a direct participant in anything that happens over the course of Halloween Kills. You know, Michael is still alive, and we find out very clearly he's making his way back to his childhood home. And the one thing that uh, became kind of clear in Halloween 2018, and it's now even more clear, it's explicitly stated in Halloween Kills, is that Michael is just trying to get home. And this kind of puts Halloween Kills 
in line with Halloween Resurrection, which I know is not an entry that a lot of you really enjoy. A lot of you don't really come back to this one there. I really uh, suggest you change your minds on that because, again, I don't think there's a bad Halloween film. And there is actually a lot to enjoy about Halloween Resurrection. Again, the entire time that Deckard is leading Sarah uh, towards the end of that film, you know, watching on TV and everything like that is so fucking cool. But then also, Halloween Resurrection introduced that storyline that Halloween Kills has gone for, which after Michael killed Lori, which, spoilers, Michael kills Lori in Halloween Resurrection, different timeline, but Michael kills Lori, and then his only motivation at that point is to go home. And the only reason why the murders of Resurrection, Resurrection happen is because these people show up at the Myers house. When it comes to Halloween Kills, basically Michael is killing everybody between him and his home. He's not targeting anybody. He's not specifically trying to take anybody out there at all. Um, he's just trying to go home. And anybody that's unfortunate enough to come between Michael and his home is going to get murdered. Anybody that's in his home is gonna get murdered as well too. As we saw with uh, Big John and Little John. Oh man, I love those two. Like, and I realized Halloween Kills has been so polarizing. I don't know if there is an entry in the Halloween series that's as polarizing as Halloween Kills has been. And I say that knowing we have Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which doesn't feature Michael Myers at all. I know we have Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, which reveals that Michael's motivation for all of his murders is that he has been, uh, he's been given a curse by this cult. And I know as well that Hall, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween exists out there as well, too. Halloween 2 to even go a step further. That shit was bad shit crazy. Still enjoy it, but that's a bad shit crazy film. Um, but, but we've seen the craziness and the heights that Halloween will go to and how polarizing it can get. And yet and still, Halloween kills where a lot of folks are driving, uh, drawing the line. Uh, Michael gets his highest body count in a single film, yet he murders a lot of people in this movie, more than he's ever done in any of his other films, to the point where I haven't done the math yet, but I actually think his body count in Halloween kills might actually add up to the amount of people he's killed across the entire Halloween series. And if not, it's pretty damn close, honestly. But um, a lot of people did enjoy the, didn't enjoy the fact that Halloween Kills brought back a lot of legacy faces. We got Tommy Doyle. We got Lindsay Wallace. We got uh, 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 Marion, the nurse. We got uh, Sheriff Hackett. Uh, we got Ronnie. We got a lot of old legacy faces from the original Halloween film in Halloween Kills. Unfortunately, though, throwing a spoiler out, most of those people die a horrible, horrible death. Michael takes them out like it was that. And the returning faces do a really good job. You know, it is interesting that, is it Marion Chambers? I think it's Marion Chambers. Michael's original nurse, uh, who has now been in multiple entries. Because remember, she was in the original Halloween when Michael escaped. Michael slaps his hand on the glass. If you're watching the movies that made us, uh, they actually talk about that in the episode of Halloween as well, too. Slaps the glass. Uh, but she makes it out. Halloween H2O. She gets killed at the beginning of the film when uh, she sees her house has been ransacked. She has Joseph Gordon-Levitt to go investigate it. Yes, JGL was in the Halloween movie. And uh, he gets killed, his friend gets killed, and then she gets killed. And now she's had the pleasure of being killed by Michael Myers twice. She's been killed twice there. Um, but 
A Halloween Kills show that you weren't safe no matter uh, what other movies or how many other movies that you've been in, which is a great, uh, great point of view to come from, honestly, because, again, uh, we don't like safety. We don't like safety at all. And there were uh, there were some characters, at least from the previous Halloween film, that's like, well, you should have easily been dead. And we kind of get a little bit of that in this film. Michael is not nice in this film at all. Uh, Michael actually is incredibly mean in this movie and gets some brutal deaths. But the running theme of evil dies tonight uh, was very interesting in this movie. I don't think Halloween Kills was bad, honestly. I do think the dialogue in certain places could have been a lot better. And then I can also understand a lot of people who were hoping and wishing that Laurie would have a bigger role in this film. And she really didn't, honestly. Her film is very much a supporting player in the background. It's not even close to as vital as it's been. It was more important in Resurrection, honestly, than it was in Halloween Kills. But that's okay, because we can kind of see, in my opinion, to where uh, where this film is going and what it was trying to do with like the messages in it. Uh, you know, the whole mob mentality and how you can get something wrong so bad and cause something, something terrible to happen. Then you gotta kind of regroup and it still doesn't work out the right way. Um, again, Michael is just mean. And he's brutal in this film. And that's kind of a good thing. Because we see some very cool, uh, albeit bloody and gruesome kills in this movie as well. And uh, again, now, now, the decades old joke of Mike Myers, like from SNL and Wayne's World. And Michael Myers from Halloween has now been bridged. What the fuck did y'all do? Y'all have bridged those two worlds together officially because Michael McDonald from Mad TV, y'all remember him? He's the guy that plays Stuart. The no don't. Like y'all, y'all know, you know, you know, you know, Stuart. Look what I can do. I fucking love Mad TV. Mad TV is so good. But Mike McDonald actually had a sizable role here in Halloween Kills as Little John. One of the two who has taken over Michael Myers' old home, him and his husband have purchased that house. And so, so good. I love Mike, Madon uh, Mike McDonald. I love seeing him wherever he can show up in because, truly speaking, he is one of the greats of comedy, honestly. Um, a lot of people look at SNL, but Mad TV really had it going in the 90s and the early 2000s as well, too. And Mike McDonald is a big reason why. Uh, but it's just hilarious for him to now be in this film because now any of the Austin Powers jokes we makes between him and Mike Myers now is a bigger connection because it is actually Michael Myers. So um, I enjoyed Halloween Kills. My ranking of it is not high, but I also don't think there's a bad Halloween film. And looking at some of y'all's rankings uh, over this last, last week or so has been infuriating because some of y'all are out of your fucking minds when it comes to ranking the Halloween films. I mean that on Twitter as well. So some of y'all out of your fucking minds. So talking about my ranking here, I have ranked for the longest time Halloween 4 uh, as being the absolute best Halloween film. The Return of Michael Myers, the first film featuring Danielle Harris, Jamie Lloyd. I think that movie is incredible. I think that's number one. I actually put Halloween 2018 as number two, only because while I do enjoy the original Halloween, it's just not that exciting to me, honestly. And I get it. Some of these films don't need to be exciting, so to speak. But I still would like that in my Halloween, honestly. Uh, so I ranked Halloween 2018 as number two. I know, crazy. Halloween 2, the original Halloween 2 featuring Jamie Lee Curtis, actually is ranked number three. 
just because I think Halloween 2 is the second part of the story that was told in Halloween. Kind of like how Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills is a, basically a two-parter of the same exact story. And I think that's what the original Halloween and Halloween 2 did as well. You can't really watch one without the other, in my opinion. I don't think Halloween is a strong enough film, to be honest, on its own without Halloween 2. Because it's very slow. Um, there's not a lot going on. And it's an incredible movie. But Halloween 2 does it better because Halloween 2 is the true slasher film out of those two. I put Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, as number four because Season of the Witch is a fantastic 80s film. It's got Tom, Tom Atkins in it as the Phantasm box goes flying there. Um, but it's got Tom Atkins in it, who's amazing in the film. Number five, I ranked the original Halloween. Number six, I did Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers because that was the first Halloween movie I got to see in full and it holds a soft place in my heart. Plus, The Curse of Thorn shit is so good, in my opinion. Uh, that was number six. Number seven was Halloween Kills, so it came pretty much smack dab in the middle right there. Uh, number eight was Rob Zombie's Halloween. I do think that's a strong film, honestly. It's just not one of my favorites in the series, even though we get that background of Michael Myers. Um, we have Halloween H2O at number nine. I actually feel this is the weakest of the Jamie Lee Curtis installments. Uh, I say that knowing what I have ranked at number 12, but I do. I think it's the weakest of the installments there. I think a lot of people were just in the mood for the nostalgia of the original Halloween series uh, when this came out. We got in a lot of the Jamie Lloyd stuff and the Curse of Thorn stuff. And I don't think a lot of people were willing to accept um, one more turn here. So they're just looking for something new with Jamie Lee Curtis. Not a bad movie. Definitely not one of my favorites, though. Number 10 was Halloween 5. Uh, that is the revenge of Michael Myers, if I'm correct. Again, we continue the Jamie Lloyd Curse of Thorn trilogy, but it's not exactly the strongest outing there for Michael. Terrible mask as well, too. But love that fucking ending. So good. Number 11 was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. This movie took a lot of chances, and it got weird for sure. And I actually do think every Halloween fan needs to see it to see to where this series could have potentially gone. And I get it. It's Rob Zombie. Rob does some crazy things in his movies, but a lot of them are actually really, really good. The chances of taking a Michael Myers and keeping them out of the mask for the majority of the film is a big, big, big risk to take. And it actually really did pay off, in my opinion. And then ranked dead last, Halloween Resurrection. I do not think it's a bad movie. I don't think any of the Halloween films are bad. But in terms of the other films, though, there's not a lot working for this here. Yes, we get the big Laurie Strode kill at the beginning of the film. Jamie Lee Curtis goes bye-bye. Uh, but that was only interesting because up at that point, we had never seen that happen. Like, all these other protagonists had been killed. Jamie Lee was still alive at this point, so they had to get the big death in of Laurie Strode. Just didn't do much for me, honestly. I do like the storyline of Michael trying to get back home and killing anybody that trespasses, as I said. The ending sequence of Deckard, played by Ryan, Mer uh, Ryan Merriman, leading around Sarah uh, throughout the Myers home is super interesting and super fun and cool as well, too. Uh, but yeah, there's that. I, the Halloween series is good. It is a really good series, honestly. Each film serves its own purpose. I don't get with all the complaining that we get coming out of this, but it's a good series, though, y'all. Uh, and that's going to do it. That is Halloween. That is Chucky Season 1, Episode 2 that we've gotten a chance to discuss as well. Folks, this has been fun. We are rounding the end of October, and y'all have been so great keeping up with episodes, keeping up with everything that we've been talking about. Um, I've done more full episodes than I really thought I was going to. 
uh, we are closing in on a hundred episodes. We'll get there. We're not gonna get there this year, but we are we are getting there. And this being our second movie marathon, our first one that we're actually watching together because I'm broadcasting all these movies. Y'all, I'm excited to get back to it next year. Um, obviously, the show's gonna continue on. Um, and I might try some different things here over the next few months as we go into 2022 as well. You might get your tea watches a, uh, a romantic comedy. You might get your tea watches an action movie. Who knows? We'll see what goes on with it here. But um, I've been having so much fun talking horror with all of you, and I appreciate you continuing to tune in. Tell me what you want me to talk about. Tell me what you want to hear. We've watched so many movies here in this horror movie marathon. We are still going to take some of those and actually do episodes on them as well. So you don't have to worry that we're just breezing on past a lot of those. We are going to catch back up on a lot of these great films that we watched there. But that is going to do it for me today. Get back to the watch party. Uh, get to the Facebook group so you can get the link for the Discord. Get in the Discord so you can enjoy something spooky with us, folks. Uh, that is going to do it for me for the next week. Remember, again, next Wednesday will, there will not be an episode. Also, next Monday there will not be a Killer Camp episode. I will be back to you a week from Thursday, which is the 28th. I will be back on the 28th with a brand new episode for y'all there as we close out the spooky season. But please keep watching something scary. There are so many great things on streaming platforms right now as well. It would be remiss of me as i've mentioned a lot of chucky here but it would be remiss of me to not mention why the last man and i am going to take a moment to talk here about why the last man because why the last man which is a fantastic series on the fx section of hulu about uh pretty much all the uh about this virus that wipes out all the men on the earth basically uh with a y chromosome and it just leaves all the women alive on Earth there. has been a phenomenal show. Uh, FX, Hulu, whoever canceled it after seven episodes airing. Still with three episodes left there. Still trying to find a home. Why lives on, folks? Hashtag why lives on. We want to get that show a second season. It is absolutely incredible. There are amazing stories being told. And I hate to kind of go for the cliche here, but... The fact that it's a woman-led show, the principal of the cast are played by women or by trans men, um, and it is, it's a story that we need to hear, especially in 2021. We got some shitty people out there in this world. This is a show that absolutely deserves to keep on going and have these stories continue to be told. So Paramount Plus, HBO Max, uh, help, uh, help a brother out, help a show out here. Give them a second chance there. Why lives on? Why the Last Man? If you got Hulu, tune in, catch those last three episodes here while we try to get Why the Last Man, another TV show. And if you have Twitter, make sure to tweet Why Lives On. Tag them, tag Why the Last Man, tag everybody at that point because we want to try to get this show to set. Uh, but that's going to do it, folks. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. I'll see y'all next week. Stay scared.